informing, enlightening, and inspiring a community. Welcome to the Aging and Awesome Podcast, proudly presented by Marsha Rambeau with Transaction Realty 500. And now, here are your hosts, Joe Delarippa and Carrie McKenzie. Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Aging and Awesome Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie McKenzie, alongside the star of Aging and Awesome, Joe Delarippa. Hey, Joe. How's it going today? Very well. I just okay. came back from the grumpy old men and I danced and danced and danced. And that's what you do, do on Wednesdays. That's my Wednesdays, Wednesday thing. Grumpy old men. Down at the senior center wait. on Ninth Street. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, that's. I can't wait to get old and grumpy for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> Last week we talked about overcoming challenges, and a lot of people could really relate to how you overcame the death of your mother by remembering her legacy and overcoming the grief of her being gone, you know, and how dealing with difficult people is often best done by not allowing their negativity to influence your day. Like you were saying, you said, misery loves company, but not my company. That's, That's a great saying. That's correct. I learned that from Joe Delarippa. <laughs> so, Joe, we're going to continue today with our podcast series on the topic of relationships. And um, we know that friends are a huge part of your life. You, you always talk about your friends. And you treasure your address book and treat it as a doorway, as a doorway to your happiness. Friends also are a huge part of how you overcame challenges. So um, we've talked a lot about your friendly relationships on the previous episodes of Aging and Awesome podcast. But right now, I really want to know and talk about your romantic relationships and uh, the good ones and the bad ones. So where should we start? When, how old were you when you had your first boyfriend? Do you remember? When I, I never really had a boyfriend when I was growing up because my father was very strict. And uh, so uh, I really didn't... Uh, I really didn't go out or date or anything. And then my, my husband, uh, he was in the service, and uh, he came on a weekend off with my brother-in-law, and he was looking for a date, and I went out on a date with him, and he seemed very nice. And of course, I was really young. I was 18 years old. <laughs> and so anyway, I ended up marrying him. And we were married you know, for 25 years. I had my two children. But we weren't we we weren't really close, and my my life consisted of being a mother, working, and uh, and and my friendships outside of my marriage. So, uh, but we stuck together and stuck together uh, until it was after my mother passed that I mm. realized that I wasn't happy, and I wanted to be happy. So uh, I got a divorce from him. And then I was single for like seven years, and I was busy. How was that time when you were single for seven years? I was having fun because mm -hmm. I loved to dance, and, and I got to I, meet a lot of people. Different there were people. several people that I had friends that liked to dance, and we would go dance two, three times a week, and that was enough to keep me happy and going. And between my job and my house and my children, uh, I was pretty well busy. I was pretty busy, so that marriage. Uh, was you know it wasn't it wasn't a good relationship and I realize now that you know I was very young when I got married I hadn't had experience 
I didn't really understand what it was like to be married. So Was it scary getting the divorce, that first divorce? Mm, it wasn't and really scary, but I, I was very, I was so busy wrapped up in working and taking care of the house and taking care of the children that I never thought about my needs and what I, myself, I didn't think about myself at the time. And then all of a sudden it was like, what about me? And mm -hmm. that's when I sort of had an awakening. <laughs> I call it an awakening. So anyhow, but I learned, you know, I learned, uh, I think I learned a lot uh, about marriage at that time, so. And back in those days, you know, it was, it was, you were just to be married, right? Right, that and I think people, mar it was a different world. It was a very different time, place, so. At any rate, uh, uh, after I was single, I, I really enjoyed life because I got to go, I worked, I took care of my house, I did dancing, and I was happy. And I can't remember, were your kids with you, or were they grown? My children were, were with me uh, until, well, I'm trying to remember. Actually, after, after I divorced my husband, my, my oldest son uh, went up to Washington backpacking, came back and told me he was moving. So, so he moved up to Washington, and then my other son, uh, I got him a job at IBM. I was working at IBM, and he went to work with me. And I sold my house, and I moved into an apartment. And my son was living with me, and it was a beautiful apartment. had a swimming pool. had a weight room. It, it had all the good stuff that you would find in a, in a new apartment. So that was kind of fun because... I just did my job, and our son was around, but he had his friends, and they would come over and use the pool, and it was a fun, I think it was fun for everybody, yeah. as long as that lasted. And then he moved away, and that's where I met my second husband. He lived in my apartment complex. And where were you living at this time? I was time? living in Santa Clara, mm -hmm. California. And uh, he he was, uh, he, he used to see me uh, out and about and wanted to get to know me, and I was sort of a little bit leery of getting, you know, attached to anybody, but I finally went out with him, and he would fix dinner and invite me over and, and have dinner for me, and he was a very uh, fussy man about food and about, he was a lawyer, and he was very fussy about himself, so anyway. At that time, were you ever thinking that you'd get married again? No, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking of it. Right. Uh, but but then I then I lived uh, moved in with him, and that's mm. when pressure started from my family. That's they, when what? My pressures from my family. They all said, "Well, you're living with somebody, and you're not married." And in those days, it, it wasn't as pot as you know as it is today. It's more pot. There's more people doing that. But in those days, they didn't. Wasn't acceptable. And so they pressured me, and finally I said to him, "I said, you know," oh. he said, "Are you happy?" And I said. Yes, and he said, well, what could I do to make you happier? And I said, get married. <laughs> because of the pressure of Because of the pressure yeah. of living in sin, yeah. so to speak. So anyway, we came to Reno and, and got a justice of the peace, and, and then we went to the MGM Grand, just beautiful, beautiful hotel, and we're married in the chapel downstairs in the MGM Grand. And so that was the beginning of my, my marriage there. And it was very exciting, and it was very nice, very beautiful. Uh, 
they have right in the in the hotel they have a chapel right downstairs. You don't have to go out. So that was that. Wow. And then you guys stayed here in Reno. Is that and how we you stayed came? there overnight, and that was exciting to me. And I, it was it was very nice. And that was my first time of really spending time in Reno. Never thought that I was going to come here one day and live here. <laughs> You're listening to the Aging and Awesome podcast. We'll be right back. The Aging and Awesome podcast is presented by Marsha Rambeau with Transaction Realty. She's here with us now again for another great tip. Marsha, what tips do you have for seniors to get the most out of selling their homes? Kai, as you know, well, the older we get, sometimes we tend to accumulate a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, my mother being 94, the same house for 66 years, and myself and my siblings are totally guilty of still having our things there. Um, but I know that there's many items that there's sentiment of value and meaning, and I, I totally understand that. The best thing they can do is declutter. Mm. Box up whatever you're not going to use, um, put them away. It's always something that, that I can help with. Um, what you want is for your new owner to be able to picture their things yes. in the home and not get distracted, you know, by looking at other things. You want them to picture themselves there. Um, you should also consider if you know perhaps you've got a leaky faucet, some chip paint, or anything like that, because. As soon as a buyer comes in a house, they see things that need to be done. They're already like ding, ding off the price, believe me. And again, that's another thing that I can always help with. Move on. Great, Marsha. Thank you so much. Marsha Rambeau has worked closely with many seniors over her 30 plus year career. It's a stressful time and she, as she has said, will definitely make it less stressful. So give Marsha Rambeau a call for a free evaluation of your home and find a place that best fits your lifestyle. Her number is 775-395-9133. That's 775-395-9133. Marsha Rambeau with Transaction Realty. Thank you, Marsha. You did go back to Santa Clara. So then after. we went back to Santa Clara, okay. and and then then we bought a, 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 a an apartment, a townhouse, and I started playing tennis because I quit my job. My husband wanted me to stay, yeah. to be available when he wanted to do things. So I quit my job, and I became a tennis player. I started to play tennis five days a week. Wow, that's a lot. And that was kind of fun, and I was very good at it. And uh, so that was fun. We had couples we played with and I actually went to Mexico City my team went to Mexico City oh, and I played tennis every day in a different club so that was really exciting oh, wow Joe yeah and that was, was that, an was adventure your husband, was your husband with no it was team, it was or? just my tennis partners my girlfriends that oh, played with fun. me it was about eight of us I think we were hosted by a family and we they hosted us, and we stayed in their homes, and they were all very wealthy and had beautiful homes and chauffeurs, and it was it was very, very fun, very, very exciting. Wow. And so anyway, then I went back went back to my, uh, my life, which was mostly, like I said, playing tennis and, and just doing whatever my husband wanted to do. We would camping, we would go camping. Took me skiing. I learned how to ski. And that's when you skied a lot. You loved to and ski, I skied, right? 
You love to ski. Skied. I, I had never done it before. Snow ski. But right? I took to it right away. I was very yeah. fortunate. I took to to these things right away. So we uh, we'd go to Aspen every year for two weeks and ski. And then in the meantime, we'd go up to Tahoe. Every time, every time they had new snow, we'd go. So I skied all of the ski areas in Tahoe area, and uh, and I was I enjoyed that very much. You skied till how old? How old were you when you last went skiing? Uh, I was I was in my fifties, mm-hmm. but I never, you know, that never. That never bothered me. My age was never right, a factor. Right, but you, the reason why you didn't go anymore after that is because either your husband couldn't ski anymore, or that's when you guys broke up, or what? What? No, we, we, uh, he had, he was very domineering, and he began to, uh, you know, put a lot of pressure on me to like tell me what to do and what, and I just felt like he was really being hard on me and. Uh, and he was always right, and I was always wrong. But he was a lawyer, and a lawyer—that's their oh, job. Yeah. They like to argue. Every, I would think. Yeah. Or, Everybody yeah. said, you know, he's a lawyer, and that's his job. He was a trial lawyer. He said he's always right. Yeah. So naturally, I became smaller and smaller, and I di- I didn't like that. I said, you know, I know I'm right about this. I want I want a voice, and so that kind of affected. It affected our marriage a lot, and then finally one day I said, you know, I just don't want to be married anymore. So I, yeah, I, he could have played a big part in how and why you are who you are today. You know, where right. you just don't like put up with. I was independent, yeah. even though I, I was independent because I knew I could take care of myself. I knew if right. I had to work, I could work. I wasn't afraid. I was never afraid of, of taking care of myself. And that's when I became a nanny. I, I was a nanny. That's right. That's when you left and you said, oh, I'm going to take this job that I found in the right. paper. I became but, a nanny because yeah. a friend of mine, her daughter, wanted oh. someone to watch the that's boy. Right. Okay, a nanny. And then when was it, remember we talked about last week when um, you found the ad in the paper? For, oh yeah, that, that was, was that my third marriage. Oh, okay. Let's not get there yet. Let's not get there yet. So the oh, nanny. Yeah. I didn't so know I you became, were a nanny. I became a nanny for this little boy. And in the meantime, the girl across the street saw me, and she said, "Oh, do you think you could watch my two kids? You know, when I I go to class once a week." And I said, "Sure." So then I started to take care of her two kids. It was a little boy. Aww. He was eight months old, and a little girl wow. was two. Wow. And then. She said, you know, my hairdresser is pregnant and she wants to work after she has the baby. And I told her, you should get Joe. Joe is so good. She loves children and she'd be good. So so I met and met her and she was really nice. She was a hairdresser. Her husband was an attorney. His father was a judge. I mean, they were very prominent people. And so I went and met her and, and when she was pregnant and that when she had the baby, she called me and I went over and met the baby. And then she went back to work. So now I had three different families, and I and I loved the children. Where I did loved you nanny the at? At their house? Or yeah, at uh, their house in Los Gatos, okay. California. Yeah. And and uh, they had a beautiful home, and they treated me so nicely. And I loved the children. I mean, I got to show all my love that I had inside. I got to use it up on my children, Aww. because I was at that time I didn't have a. a uh, anybody in my life, you know, my own personal life that way. 
That so wasn't I, when you were married to your second husband? No. This is after? So, okay. so in the meantime, <laughs> a friend of mine from IBM called me and said, there's a fellow that's, I'd like to have you meet him. He's divorced and he's very nice and, you know, I think you, you know, you might get along. So I said, okay. So I met this fellow and we went out a few times with this friend of mine and his girlfriend and, and uh, we're having a really good social life, right? So I don't know. Uh, people were pressuring me. Why don't you get married? You should get married. And I thought, well, I guess I should be. I should get married. So I did. And I got married in Hawaii. Oh, that's we had a, a We had a movie star type wedding. It was on a boat. I was wearing a long white dress, oh. barefooted, and uh, had Hawaiian dancers and invited my children and paid for my children to go to Hawaii and wow. some guests came and it was like for a week it was like you know going out to dinner and enjoying all the wonderful things about Hawaii and so then anyway when I came back to uh, the states I kind of got restless because I wasn't working and my husband was was working, and I didn't see him that much. And so that's when I, I was playing tennis, and I just felt like I needed something more. So uh, I just, I got, I, I wasn't happily married. My husband stopped going out once we got married, and my friends left. And uh, so he didn't want to do anything on the weekend. I would say, why don't we go and go for a walk or why don't we do this? He never wanted to do anything but watch television, sit and watch television. And I got very upset. And I thought, you know, this is not why I got married. So somebody sit on the couch and watch television. So, so he really changed once you got married. Yeah, because our, the friend that we used to do things with moved. So it was like he was like the catalyst for us going out. As soon as he left, my mm. husband didn't want to do anything anymore. So one day I said, you know, I, I, this is not, I'm not happy. This is not what I want. So so I was... What did he uh, say? <laughs> I was reading the paper, and I saw an ad, and it said, free room and board in a separate cottage uh, for uh, a person to move in. So I phoned the guy up, and he said, yeah, he said, I just need someone just to clean up the kitchen after I leave for work and change my sheets in my bed twice a week. And that's all I wanted. He had a housekeeper. He had a gardener. It was a beautiful place. It was a mansion. It was in Los Gatos up in the hills. So I went and met him, talked to him, and I told him I was going through a divorce and I wanted to get a, a place to stay. So I did just moved out and moved in there. And it worked out really well because... I could still do, I was used to run every morning. I would run like three miles, play tennis, and then I got a job uh, in a restaurant being a hostess. So that was all I needed. And then what happened, the man who had the house started to come after me. Yeah, he was making advances. Make right? advances, and I said, you know, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> so it, it was so interesting because... I packed up my few things, and I was out one day looking for a place to live, and that was the day we had the earthquake, the right, 1989 earthquake. And so I went back to the to the place I had, and there was a lot of damage done around me, mm. but I, uh, I took my few things that I had packed, which was lucky, 
And my girlfriend said, come and stay at my house. So I went to her house and stayed there until uh, I could find a place to live. So it was a very hard time because all the apartments and you couldn't find a, a place to live because they were checking the uh, gas leaks and all kinds of things. And so it was really hard to find a place to live. So I stayed with my girlfriend and I continued my work and what I was doing until about a month went by and then finally I found an apartment and I moved in and that was it. And then I went to see a lawyer and I uh, made sure that the divorce, everything was taken, you know, everything was done. And that was it. <laughs> and I was single again. <laughs> wow. So you've been married a total of three times so three far. Times, but I was but only, only married altogether. Add up, add up the three marriages. I was only married like 28 years out of my life. Right. And um, each one of those did play a part in making who you are today. You know, you've become stronger from them. And you've I learned think, different. What have you learned from each marriage? You think, like the first marriage. What I do you think, think you, was the biggest lesson I that think you learned? That I learned that I uh, I could trust myself on on my decisions that I would make, and that I could take care of myself, and that I could do whatever need to be done to survive. To survive, and I I was not, I was not afraid at all. I mean, in fact, it was an adventure. What I did was adventurous. You're listening to the Aging and Awesome podcast. We'll be right back. The Aging and Awesome podcast is presented by Marsha Rambeau with Transaction Realty. She's here with us now. Marsha, what makes the senior market different? Well, Kai, the needs of the seniors, they typically differ from um, traditional clients. They're usually not making a job change, and they're not usually moving um, due to maybe a school preference, uh, you know, for children. They're looking for the best situation and place for them to either retire or perhaps just downsize. What they're going to want to know is, should they consider a 50-plus community? Are they ready for assisted living? Or how close are medical facilities? All that's really important in making their decisions. Um, the other thing is communicating with seniors is different because a lot of them don't have computers. They don't have cell phones. So, you know, we have to go back to when I started in 1986. Yeah. We had no internet. We had no cell phones. And believe it or not, we still got the job done. <laughs> I love it. I bet they love that. Some of them. Some of the less tech savvy. Yes. Yes. You know, if you have to print out the contract or whatever, yep. and take it to them to sign, and it makes it more personal anyway. That's the part I miss about all that. Right. But that's what you have to do. So, um, you know, so matter, no matter what the issues or questions are, um, I'm just here to guide them and help them through this sometimes crazy process. Thank you so much, Marsha. Marsha Rambeau has worked closely with many seniors over her 30 plus year career. Through this stressful time, she will work tireless, tirelessly to help clients prepare, even slap some new paint on the walls if needed. Call Marsha Rambeau for a free evaluation of your home and find a place that best fits your lifestyle. Her number is 775-395-9133. That's 775-395-9133. So the first marriage, um, what, did he, what did he do for a living? He was an engineer type person and he went into computers. That was when computers were first coming out. 
Right. And so he was that way. And then, of course, the second husband was a lawyer. And then the and third from husband... That, from that marriage, you learned pretty much that... Um, I think from that marriage, well, first of all, I, I learned how to marriage. ski, play tennis. Yeah. <laughs> and have that kind of thing. You got but, to go you know, to Mexico. I could have had more... But I didn't want more. I was yeah. not. You didn't I want to sacrifice not, anything. Yeah, it, it wasn't me. I wasn't and, happy. I, let me say this: I wasn't happy. So, but that was that was good that you experienced that because right. it made you stronger. In the right. sense that then the third marriage was like you know I don't have to, I don't have to put up with this. I am not happy. I can take care of myself, and I was very confident uh, in in myself. And I did have friends, my you know friends. But um, it wasn't. It, it was an adventure. I look at it that way. Right. It the was, third marriage. If you would have, you know, stayed in it, you might have been just sitting there watching TV for the rest of your life. I don't think so. No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it could have got if right, you stayed right, with right. him, but you chose not to, which right, is right really because good. because I always wanted to be busy. I wanted to mm-hmm. accomplish things, and and two people together can accomplish a lot more than one person. But but if you have someone who doesn't isn't interested I would I would say no why don't we go out and wash wash the car I mean it was on a Saturday and nice day and there's something to do and he'd say no it's okay you don't have to do it I hear that often about I mean men when they get older they just want to watch TV I wonder if that's one of the reasons why it's difficult to meet new men for you at this at this time in your life because I know that you're still like open right you're open to date but I, but I don't put on airs when I meet someone. I, I expose myself. And I was told that one time, you're not afraid to expose yourself that you're going to be hurt. I, I let the person know what kind of person I am, what my feelings mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what, what I like to do. And, um, and my energy, I have a high energy. I always have. So that, that's kind of frightening, I think, to some people, you know. But I, I can also sit quiet and read a book. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I love movies. That's, mm-hmm. that's a thing where you go and you just sit. You don't do anything. But uh, uh, I like to be, I enjoy being outside. I really enjoy being outside. And when the weather's nice, I just do everything I can outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's for sure, you do. So, uh, anyway. so he can cut this any time, but... I wonder how you would feel if we talked about what your sister and your, sister? your sister and your ex. Oh, I mean, we don't yeah, have we to talk, talk about it. I don't that. know if they want to. But I, we, but we I mean, I could talk about it. it. We could talk about it. They could just cut it out. You know, oh, yeah. But if you don't want oh, it, yeah, if you're you don't not want on to. TV? I mean, you're on, not. On our, on but, our thing. But I think, it's, I think it's a good story. It is a good your story. It's husband. a true story. This, yeah, this was your first husband, right? Well, all right. And, um, let's, let's I can say, go back. Let's go back to the first husband and... We'll oh. leave it all on because he can cut it. Is it know. on? Yeah, it's on. Okay. Well, when my mother died, uh, and uh, it was, as they say, very, very traumatic. And at that time, my sister, who was a year older than me, who was living in Germany with her husband, was working for a controlled data corporation, and she was in Germany. And when my mother died, she came home to my house for the funeral with her two sons. She had two sons the same ages as my two sons. So she came and she stayed with me, and then she left. And then about three weeks later, I think it was, she called me and said she was going to get a divorce. She was coming to my house. And this is your sister who's yeah. older? 
Yeah, yeah. she's a year older. Okay. One year. So anyway, she came to my house, and she told me she was getting a divorce because her husband had had an affair, and, and the company was going to send him back to the States, and they had a, in Germany, they had a maid, they had a beautiful place. They were living the life of Riley, and she was really upset that she lost all of that, right? So she came back to my house, and I, and I said to her, this, this is, must have been meant to be because I'm getting a divorce. You awesome. can live here. Yeah. You were getting a divorce yeah. at the time. Yeah, so you, awesome. you could come back here and stay. And that's who you are too, Joe. I just want to let um, yeah. let everybody know that you said, always you... take care of the ones you care about. You know, oh yeah, like your sister. And the two sons, her two sons, are the same ages as mine. It's ironic, but mm -hmm. they are. And I said they they can and you can go. They can go to school here. And I had a three bedroom house, and the boys could be there, and we could work it out. And then you could get a job. And she said, oh, she didn't want to get a job. She had never worked. So when we make a long story short, the next thing I know, she's going, my husband is taking her out looking at houses and shopping and this and that. And I'm like sitting there going, I couldn't even get him to do anything with me. <laughs> and here he is taking you all, and I got angry. Yeah. I mean, I don't get angry often, but I got angry. Yeah, I don't And I said, you. you know, why don't you take him and both of you go to hell? <laughs> Good and that's you. what happened. So anyway, they left so together. Then he, so then he, I told him I wanted him out of the house. So he left the house. Because you guys were divorcing anyways. Is huh? that right? Were you and him divorcing anyways? No, we oh. hadn't done anything yet. I, okay. I, You're just talking I had, about I it. Was, it was on my mind that I wanted to do it, but mm -hmm. I hadn't come to that conclusion yet. So mm -hmm. when this happened, when she came, I thought this was meant to be. She, we can be together, you know. We can help each other. Our, Get our boys, the boys are the same ages. They can go to school. I got it. And, and, uh, and then you can get a job. My sister never had worked. Right. She didn't want to get a job. <laughs> she right. didn't want to work. So the next thing you know, as I said, she's becoming friends, friendly with my husband. And I, I, was, I still was mourning my mother so much that... And my father was coming over my house crying every night. And I had my plate full. I really did. And and I didn't even care about anything else at that time. It's just right. like I had to get through it. And then this and, happening. And then when that happened, yeah. I, I couldn't believe it because I thought... My it, sister. It was, it was just like, why I can understand you loving, falling in love. and But this was a convenience this was a convenience. She wanted a meal ticket, and he wanted the housekeeper. And it actually was a blessing in disguise now, looking back, you know. Yeah, except I lost my sister. I, she, I loved and, my and sister. And a lot of your family members over this, I lost too. my mother, and then it was like I lost my sister. When, when she was in Germany, I used to write to her two or three times a week. I mean, I missed her so much because she was she was always like my best friend. I know, and you just wanted to help her and go through and this. And when I when I brought that together. up to her, she said, "I have to think of myself and what's best for me." And that's when I cut it. I said, "That's it." And then they just got married themselves, right? They got married. Oh, that is so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> It makes would make a good movie. Huh? It would. It definitely would. You hear about this <laughs> and all the I, time on I, I mean, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that she would be interested in him because she used to always say, you know, her husband was so different. 
and 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 that she she always she never expressed any desire or or jealousy or or cared. It was just that this was so convenient. Well, and also, Joe, you just have a tendency, your life has always been an adventure. Yeah. And from people looking, from the outside looking in, like your sister, maybe she just admired your life and wanted it, something like that. And so she... Well, I wasn't that adventurous in those days. When I was married, all I did was work and take care of my kids and my house. I didn't become that way until after, you know, after the second marriage. She might have been just maybe I mean, jealous or envious of you having... Well, but she had. was, because she used to tell me... I, she said, you care so much about your friends. And I told her, I said, my friends are my family. I told her that way back when. She said, they're not your family. I said, yes, they are. My friends are there when I'm sad. They feel bad for me, and they want to help me, and they don't criticize me. They don't judge me. Right. And and that should have been my family, too, but it wasn't. But I'm, And then they've been married for years, and it was oh, just yeah. it was hard. I can't imagine... Those and years. I tried to get back and be friends with them both, and I just, I, I just, it was not, it was not comfortable. And it, and it, it put a rift in your relationships with your family members too, because they were kind of like they didn't know what to do themselves. They felt they had to choose. Right. And I don't think you should ever put people in that position where they have to choose. Right. They have to choose love, and they have to choose friendship. And the same and, with your boys. And it was, it was easier for them to kind of go to her than it was to go to me because now I'm a single woman. And I mean, you know, single women don't carry the same, whatever you want to call it, persona as, as a married woman, you know? Yeah, but that's but awful anyway, what happened. And then your boys probably had to go through. And my boys were uncomfortable. So so we just didn't, we didn't associate because they were uncomfortable about it too. I mean, and, and then having to go through the holidays every year. Yeah, and and take sides, and people take sides, and that happens a lot. People take sides. They they don't mean to, I don't think, but they don't. They do take sides. When families break up, very rarely do does everybody stay friends with each other. <laughs> it right. Means, it sounds. It sounds like it would be wonderful, but it doesn't happen. I mean, it has never happened to me. And it kind of was, and it isolated you away from the family, like mm -hmm. a lot of your family members, for it family reunions. It really isolated me from his family because I, I treated them so well, and I cared about them, and I, I used to go and visit them every year. They lived in Los Angeles area, and they were close to me, and all of a sudden, it was like, they all went to her, that side, and I, I actually wrote them a letter. I wish I still had it, and I said, I wrote in the letter, it's like I died and I'm buried mm. and I'm not dead, and I would say that to them. I'd say, I'm not dead, I'm still here. But I used to have nightmares that I was in a grave and they were throwing dirt on me and I was yelling, I'm not dead, I'm not dead. That's how emotional I am. <laughs> that's how emotional well, that's it was. That's how you felt, yeah. That's exactly how I felt. And you I'd had say, to grieve the loss yeah. of the, all those. And then, and then, as I say, when I started to, to, you know, to go out a little bit and have a few dates and meet someone nice and someone was nice to me, I, I was looking for someone to be nice to me because I had lost my family and and his family. <laughs> Yeah. And I couldn't do too much with my kids because they were still young and I, I was so afraid to that psychologically it would hurt them. So I, I kind of uh, I protected them.
-hmm. I've protected them a lot, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was right to do or not, but that's what I felt. I felt that, you know, they were teenagers when that happened. They were 12 and 15, so. That's tough, that's such a, I mean, you're so strong. I just respect you so much, Joe. Oh, well, I, I had to do. be. I mean, it's like, I had to be, and and uh, and then you know if I went out and I and I were dancing and I had a nice time that gave kind of gave me, kind of filled me up. You know mm -hmm, what I mean? It mm -hmm. was kind of like I need to go get a fix. That was my fix. <laughs> mm -hmm. My you know some happy times, and then you know when people telling me I look nice right. and getting dressed up and getting complimented, and uh, and that always you know that was good for my psyche, you know, because I felt pretty bad when all that happened. Yeah, you're an overcomer, that's for sure. You're listening to the Aging and Awesome podcast. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Marcia Rambo with Transaction Realty 500. I've worked closely with many seniors over my 30 plus year career. Moving's tough for everyone, especially for those who have been in the same house for decades. Through this stressful time, I will work tirelessly to help you prepare, even slap on some new paint on the walls if needed. Call me, Marcia Rambo, for a free evaluation of your home. I would love to meet you and help you find a home that best fits your lifestyle. My phone number is 775-395-9133. So you and your sister never were the same, of course, again. And, no. uh, uh, and now he died. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about, too, he, is yeah, um, he, he was died. sick for a long time. And, and your sister yeah. ended up calling you to have you come and take care of him yeah because she couldn't handle yeah. it or something what did you th and, i mean out of the blue and you know what did you i tried i tried to i couldn't do i'll tell you what i couldn't do anything that i didn't really feel because i'm a feeling person and if i don't feel it i can't do it i'm i, I just can't and i remember being around you when that phone yeah. call came in and right. it took it, your right. heart was you were you felt bad because you wanted to, but you just couldn't. Right. You just couldn't. But and, you tried. And, and I thought, you know, I'm 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 a person. I'm a human being, and I got feelings. And someone said to me one time, "Well, you put your feelings aside." I said, "I can't. I'm that, I'm a feeling person, and 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 I feel. You know, if you cut me, I'll bleed." And if you right? think about it, your sister who was married to your ex-husband because they had an affair, they were yep. having an affair, years down the road calls you to have you come take care of her husband, which is your ex-husband, while think, he's sick. I think because because everyone say when there was something something to be done and there wasn't something anybody wanted, get Joe to do it. Joe right. will do it. They used to say that all the time. Ask Joe, she'll do it. And, Joe, and you would. I was that kind of person. But well, you what do you respect. call that? A scapegoat or whatever? The, there's a word for it, but it was like, oh, the yeah, go-to girl. Do it, she'll do it. The go-to gal or whatever. I wasn't very good at saying no. I and guess. they knew that, so <laughs> some people take advantage of that, Joe. I think because sometimes it I just it didn't seem to hurt me that much to do it. You know what I mean? It was like I have a reservoir in there, and 
and I can put out and I can put out and put out and I have a lot there. I guess I'm just so I glad. I'm so it. glad you didn't go and do that. Yeah, and you know, I I finally found that I could be happy with myself. I could be happy with myself, and I could be uh, I could find pleasure in things and and be be peaceful inside, peaceful with myself. And it's good to say no sometimes yeah, yeah. too. Yeah, and I actually I said no a couple of times, but huh? right. And then his he ended up dying. Your ex, her husband, ended up dying. Yeah, he, and there's he, they had a funeral for him in, here in said, Carson oh, City. Now he died. You can go back. And I said no, I really can't anymore. It's, I tried. It just isn't there. But it was um, the funeral for him was just close to here in Carson City. And when you heard about I that, know. that was really really hard time for you. Yeah. I remember because all your family was going to be going to Carson. City. Carson City for this funeral, who you haven't seen in years. I know. And you were just like... It was kind of like, shut the door on me, and that's yeah. where I stayed. I stayed outside that door, no matter what I did. You were not invited. So, in the, on the <laughs> other hand, what I decided, what I did is, was find my happiness outside of all that. Mm -hmm. and, and You did. And make my life... And, and look for happiness, you know. Uh, and I think that's what I did, yeah. Yeah, you did. Whatever pleasures they may be. I think and you went to a couple movies that weekend, or what, I don't yeah. remember exactly what you did, but I remember. Yeah, and, uh, and I can... I was worried about you that weekend. Yeah. But, but uh, anyhow. you're such an overcomer, you know. <laughs> and, and you know what? All those people, all your family... They don't know what they're missing in having a relationship with you, Joe, because yeah, you have a lot. You have so much energy, and you have so many. Why I you don't, make people feel really well, good about themselves? I don't understand why so many times people are jealous of people that that have it going for them, whatever or it may be. There's yeah. something, and I don't know why, but people sometimes are just jealous when you're happy. It's like when I was a little kid. My sisters used to try to do things. My brother used to try to hurt me to, to, to make me cry because he wanted to make me cry because I was happy. And and it was like he was in a teasing way, but some of it was meanness, too. Malicious, and that was my brother. Yeah. And it was kind of like he wanted to make, to, to make to me cry. to break you, yeah. To break me, yeah. Isn't that something? It's true, though. Right. And I thought, why, are people, why can't people accept me as I am? This is the way I am, you know? Why can't they accept it? Right. Why do they want to change me? I don't know. Me? Let's try to figure that out. Why people? I don't know. Try to rob you from your happiness. It. I can't explain it, but I mean that's true. I mean, in the, in in the long run, all the times when I was down and out and everything, and there was, you know, my friends and one in particular, one friend, that I could go to her and and I could just cry to her and mm -hmm. and she'd mm -hmm. pat me in the back and. Well, let's do something to make you feel better, and and because she couldn't understand because her family was so loving and giving, and and some other people would take the other attitude and go, well, what did you do? It's like because this is happening to you, it's a punishment because you did something, and I'd say, I, but I didn't do anything. Did nothing. <laughs> right. I mean. Yeah. I mean, really, it, it's it, it's uh, it, it's. It's hard to put it in words sometimes, but it's true. It's almost like when I get was closer little, my to brother, this. like I said, would pinch Get me. closer to that. He would, like, pinch me, and 
it tried to make me cry. I mean, I, I, I don't understand, but that's exactly what it was. It was like mean things, but sometimes children are get that happening oh, yes. to them. Yeah. But my sure. brother was ten years older than me. You know, my brother was he wasn't a kid. Yeah. And one I loved brother? my brother. I I used to brag about him because he was so good looking, and I tell people, you know. But anyway, uh, I am. I always say I am what I am, and I'm just thankful that that I had that in, inner something or other. It was something an inner. Uh, I don't inner know, strength, an inner strength, or something to say. You know what? I want to be happy, and that's all there is to it. And that's been your life <laughs> logo, your life mo- right. motto. Um, what was I going to say? I forgot. But, uh, but fortunately, I I really can be happy with so many things. I love nature. I love. My mother was like that too. I mean, right. I love flower. I love. That's I walk in say. the park and I look at the trees and I, and I listen to the birds and I'm and I'm very happy. Wow, Joe, we covered a lot today, um, and we can continue this conversation. It looks like on our next episode because we didn't quite finish it up, but uh, so that's probably all for today. Right. And thank you so much to our sponsors, including Marsha Rambeau with Transaction Realty for making the Aging and Awesome podcast possible. Be sure to tune into Aging and Awesome Saturdays on KTVN 2 News, and we will see you back here soon for another episode of Aging and Awesome podcast. I'm Carrie McKenzie. On behalf of Joe and all of us at Aging and Awesome, have a great day, right, Joe? Yes, go out there and enjoy the day. It's a beautiful day. All right, <laughs> bye.